Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Alec Feldman, the podcast from Wizard Radio. We've taken his show, broadcast live on Saturdays between 3 and 5, then cut out the songs, news, and other bits that aren't very interesting, leaving you with about an hour-ish of sweet, juicy content. Mmm, mmm, mmm content. Just one more thing. Don't bother sending in any messages, we'll probably never see them. You may be charged, but your entry won't be counted. Because this isn't live, obviously. It's a podcast. It's already happened in the past. To get involved, just listen live on Saturdays between 3 and 5 on Wizard Radio Station. I'd like to be able to say you won't regret it, but I can't. This is Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. I'm sick and tired. I've slaved away at these radio shows for years, and yet I have no control over what happens to them, how they get distributed, and enough is enough. I've tried to buy back the rights to these shows. It hasn't worked. So I'd like to announce that I will be re-recording every single show that I have ever done. It'll be almost exactly the same and I'll be releasing them all very soon. So look out for Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio Brackets. Alex version. It's Saturday. It's three o'clock. Now, live from Manchester, Alec Feldman. Baby Queen bringing it home with a Spice Girls cover. That was wannabe. I don't think it's actually a cover of the Spice Girls, but it would be it would be nice if it was. And before that, Mimi Webb, halfway. This is Wizard Radio, and it's Alec Feldman. Good afternoon, everybody. How are you? I hope you've had a lovely week. I've enjoyed mine. No particular reason. Um, I haven't really done anything that exciting or out of the ordinary, but it's been all right. It's been okay. Um, Yesterday was my half birthday. I feel the need to acknowledge this in some way. Um, I don't really do half birthdays. I'm not one of those weird people that normally would even notice. But um, my actual birthday this year was a bit rubbish. Well, it was, it was alright, but then two days later I got dumped, and that was rubbish, so like it sort of clouded my memory of my actual birthday. So, half birthday, how did it go in comparison? So far, so good. Entirely unremarkable, but, um, you know, halfway to the next one, which will hopefully be better. <laughs> um, on the show this afternoon, moving on, uh, people are being injected with microchips, you know. Um, not not like that, not the COVID vaccine, but people people are... Um, I have news on that. Also, James Corden, you might have read, is being banned from everything. I'm suing the app, Hinge, and Paul Rudd is the sexiest man alive. All things to be discussed on the show between now and 5pm. I also have a game for you. It was COP26 in Glasgow in Scotland this week. It finished yesterday with a quite underwhelming agreement. And to celebrate, I've got a game called Copping Off. Um, the name came first before the idea, but It'll be a good time. We'll do that after five, uh, after four o'clock, even, and um, all the usual stuff too. Sixty-second guide coming up. What's going on? Coming up and coming up now. It is the best and worst thing in the world this week. These are the things that I'm liking and not liking that have happened in the world in the last seven days. I'm very fickle. They change often, so I update you every week with what's what's going on in my head. Uh, the worst thing in the world this week. Probably all the MPs who are moaning about how much they get paid. Ugh, leave it out. So what's, what's been going on if you've you've missed it, basically, is 
a load of politicians are kind of getting into trouble at the moment because everyone suddenly realised that as well as being MPs, for which they get paid, I think, £82,500, they've also got second jobs doing, like, highly lucrative consulting work or legal advising work for companies that maybe don't have the best interests of this country at heart. Um, they're getting loads of money for it. Everyone's saying, well, they're not paid very much, so of course they'll take these other jobs. Um, I don't know what planet uh, 82 and a half grand is. Not very much. But it's not this one. So shut up. Stop moaning. Do your jobs. And stop taking filthy money. That is all. Um, although speaking of, um, I would like to dedicate the best thing in the world this week to another politician. Is actually my favourite ever Prime Minister. Um, I don't, this isn't a new thing that's happened this week. It's just it's a fact I learned this week. Um, about Gordon Brown, who I adore. He used to be the Prime Minister, like, ages ago. Um, and whilst all these MPs have been having a moan and complaining and doing all this dodgy work, Gordon Brown has earned over a million pounds writing books and giving speeches. Do you know what he's done with it? Giving it all away. A million pounds that he's earned. He's given it all to charity. He hasn't taken a penny for himself. I don't think he even takes a pension for being Prime Minister, because when, like, you're Prime Minister, you get a nice little, like, bumped-up pension. He hasn't taken a penny. He gives all of that stuff to charity, because that is that is real public service. What a good man. I love Gordon Brown, and that is just another reason why. So he, he is one of the best things in the world this week, and every week. You know what, actually? The reason he's been on my brain recently, I watched that documentary that was on the BBC about uh, Gordon Brown and Tony Blair. And when I was growing up, they they were the, like, the two top dogs. I know I was like six at the time, but I just remember them being on the news all the time. And, oh, those were the days. <laughs> anyway, Gordon Brown gets best thing in the world this week. As does something that happened at COP26, where they've got this big, big venue in Glasgow. The SEC building, that was it. And it's kind of... If you imagine the Sydney, Sydney Opera House, but a bit uglier, <laughs> it's kind of like that. And um, some people got a projector and started projecting messages onto the side of this building. Some, like, environmental activists that call themselves Gastivicts because they're um, campaigning about gas. They put phrases such as methane leaks and ban fracking now and clean gas is a dirty lie on... Um, on this building in Glasgow <laughs> and there was an actual official person as well who was supposed to be projecting things onto the side of this building so it was like a rainbow before they showed up then these methane these gastivists act gastivists that's it show up and start projecting slogans about gas onto it and then the real projectionist the person who's supposed to be there showed up and basically got into a projection fight with them. And he put the words, go away, go away, go away, just on top of their message. And they were having like a proper full-on fight to see who could get it like bigger and who could last longer. And I think that's amazing that someone can just show up with a projector and completely hijack it. And then the real projectionist can fight back and you just have this hugely public war of words. I thought that was great. And that is one of the best things in the world this week. More on COP26 later on when we play Copping Off. And I've got music on the way from Peach and Adele and Conan Gray. But first, here's Olivia Rodrigo. This is Traitor on Wizard Radio. Saturday afternoon on Wizard Radio, that was Olivia Rodrigo with Traitor. Alec Feldman here, hello. Uh, Adele coming up and Conan Gray. But first, wake up, sheeple. We're being injected with microchips. I'm not talking about the COVID vaccine. Um, people actually are. I've learned about this this week. I read about it in Vice, which always has quite, like, edgy news articles. And this has just blown my mind. Um, people are injecting themselves with microchips. That's not, like, an exaggeration. It's actually happening. The kind of thing you'd hear about in, like, sci-fi. It's real. And apparently it's been real for a really long time. People are getting injected, like, under their skin with a microchip. And then you can use that microchip to store information like you can use it to unlock doors you can use it to have your vaccine status or your password or your banking details all that kind of stuff you can get put on a microchip and then that microchip goes under your skin and you can literally use just your like your hand to open a door and that sounds crazy but it's true it's it's something that happens apparently it's been happening since 1998 
and they've been like developing the technology for a while and more and more people are starting to have it and so they literally they don't need to remember things they don't need to carry a wallet or anything because they've got these microchip injections that can then send and receive signals and i mean (laughs) isn't that crazy that is like something from sci-fi i mean it it literally is something from sci-fi i saw an episode of doctor who like 16 years ago that sort of suggested that one day we might get computers embedded inside us and that was in the year like 200,000 they were suggesting that would happen and here we are in 2021 and it's it's already happening and there's like a whole community of people that get this done and um like some members of this community they've got like 20 25 microchips just inside them how crazy is that so like say say you get on the bus you'll get on the bus instead of tapping your card on the reader you'll just stick your hand out and it'll go beep and the driver will be like what the hell now i used to do that back in the day a long time ago i used to if it was really cold i'd get my oyster card and put it underneath my glove and leave my gloves on and then i'd get on the bus tap my hand on the card reader and it would work and that was deemed impressive but now you could literally be injected with a real microchip and use that to pay for the bus use your actual hand i mean this is this is actually crazy i i'm slightly suspicious of the people that would get this done purely because i feel like i've seen enough dystopian science fiction to suggest that like turning yourself into a computer is never a great idea what if they start hacking your body (laughs) can your body get hacked can the russians like hack in and i don't know make you need a wii all the time or, I don't know, give you an unfortunate thing to have in a public place. <laughs> the possibilities here are potentially endless. I don't know whether or not it's a good idea. It does sound really cool. I think it would be a massive power move just to go to a venue and they're like, can I see your vaccine passport, please? And you're just like, my vaccine passport is my hand. Scan it. And they're just like, oh, wow. That would be really cool. But also, is it cool enough to inject some weird thing that literally is is a a microchip inside your body i don't know i wonder how the anti-vaxxers feel about this because one of their their things that they say is that they won't get the covid vaccine uh just in case it's like a microchip that's tracking us and all that stuff um i mean this literally is a microchip that could track us does that mean they're not gonna get it or would they say oh yeah that sounds cool you know what i bet you I bet there is a, a big crossover between people who won't get the vaccine in case it's a microchip and people who get themselves microchipped. I bet they're, I can just tell, they're like a similar, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. There's an overlap in the Venn diagram. I can feel it. Like one of these guys I was reading about is like a cryptocurrency bro. And I feel like that in itself kind of tells you all you need to know about the kind of people getting these things. But it does sound I mean, it's the future, isn't it? There's a picture of a contactless payment machine and just someone's, like, slightly sausagey fingers being held up to it and it's gone beep. That would be cool, but I'm not sold yet. I'm not going to go injecting um, <laughs> microchips into my hand just yet. COVID vaccine, though, give me as many as I can have. Thank you very much. Uh, this is Peach on Wizard Radio right now called Heavy. Peach, Heavy on Wizard Radio. It's Alec Feldman. Good afternoon. James Corden, uh, it's widely agreed, is quite disliked, at least in the UK. This might not be a thing in other countries, but in the United Kingdom, nobody likes James Corden anymore. I think the point at which this happened was probably about the time we went over to America. We thought we, we thought he was all right on Gavin and Stacey, and then around the time we went to America, he started doing that talk show, The Late Late Show, and Carpool Karaoke and all that. We all kind of went off him and thought, ugh, <laughs> what an idiot. I, I don't quite know why. I don't think anybody can explain why, other than the fact that he's just kind of annoying. And I, uh, you know what else it is? British people, we don't like it when people are successful. The UK loves an underdog. And the thing is, with James Corden, instead of settling for being an underdog, he was like, well, I'm going to go to America then and be a massive success. And we were like, oh, yeah, right, you'll last two minutes out there. Good luck. And then he's actually made a huge success of it. And I think that probably annoys us quite a lot. Because we, we don't really like that in the UK. We sort of want people to fail. Because <laughs> we're all horrible people. It's probably the lack of vitamin D. Um, but we don't like him. If you're American and you're listening to this and you're like, what, what do you mean you don't like the guy who does the Late Late Show? 
I can't explain it. We just don't, okay? We've gone off him. You can keep him. Um, and people dislike him so much that um, there's been a petition launched against James Corden. You've probably heard about this already this week. Uh, they're making a movie version of the musical Wicked. And Ariana Grande's been added to the lineup. No sign of James Corden. There haven't been even been any rumours that James Corden will be in it. Despite that, there's been a uh, petition started to ban James Corden from the movie Wicked. Like I said, no indication that he's going to be in it anyway. But people have have kind of thought, hang on, Wicked the movie, Ariana Grande's in it. Hmm, what if they're getting loads of random stars in it, like Cats? James Corden was in Cats, and look how awful that was. We need to take a stand now. Not later when it's too late, right now. We need to preemptively start a petition to make sure James Corden is not given a role in this movie. Before it's even happened. That's how concerned people are that this might happen. It's got almost 100,000 signatures. <laughs> um, it's It's got um, a few shy of 100,000. But if it gets to 150,000, this little stat says it'll be in the top 500 in Change.org's history in the UK, which actually, when you think about it, isn't that impressive. <laughs> but tens of thousands of people want to make sure James Corden is not in Wicked the movie. Um, the little like thing on the petition says, James Corden in no way, shape or form should be in or near the production of Wicked the movie. That's pretty much it. It started a week ago. And it's doing pretty well. And so, fingers crossed, the bosses at Universal are listening. James Corden will not be cast in Wicked the movie. Um, but it got me thinking. It's quite a clever idea, really. Instead of moaning after James Corden gets announced as a, a special actor in Wicked the movie, just make a petition preemptively. Um, and so, I would like to extend that opportunity to everyone this afternoon. Uh, if you would like to ban James Corden from, from something, anything basically um you can do i know there might not necessarily be any rumors that he'd want to do it anyway but i'm giving you the opportunity right now to ban him before it even gets to that point like a a harm reduction strategy like an insurance policy almost so i would like to ban james corden from any future birthday parties i might have um i i'm not planning on inviting him Uh, i don't think he'd come even if i did but I just want to want to make sure, I want to take those protective measures to make sure he can't come to my birthday parties ever. You're banned, mate. Not allowed. You're not welcome here. I'd also like to ban him from the TV show Friends. Now, I know the TV show Friends finished about 17 years ago, but I don't care. I still want to make sure you're banned because if, if they were still making Friends now, you know that James Corden would appear at some point. He'd be a cameo and the audience would be like, oh, it's him. But everyone in the UK would be watching it like, oh, God. You know, like roll their eyes. So I'd also like to ban James Corden from the TV show Friends, even though Friends has not been made for at least 17 years. I want to ban him anyway, just in case. Like on the reruns on um, Comedy Central or whatever, they edit James Corden in. Don't even think about it. Don't you dare. You are barred. From friends, James Corden. And my birthday parties, obviously. If you want to get in on this and preemptively ban James Corden from something, on Twitter and Instagram we are at WizRadio. And I'm going to read out some messages in a bit. After Conan Gray and Adele, this is easy on me on Wizard Radio. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Mediocre broadcasting since 2017. It's Wizard Radio. That was Conan Gray, Telepath. And before that, Adele. And easy on me. Afternoon, it's Alec Feldsman. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, coming up, Avril Lavigne and Mahalia, and I will treat you to a vintage edition of what's going on very soon. Uh, first, talking about James Corden, a petition to ban him from the Wicked movie. He hasn't been cast, <laughs> it's just preemptive. Has got almost 100,000 signatures. And I want to allow you the opportunity this afternoon to ban James Corden from something else, just like preemptively, just in case he shows up. I've already banned him from all of my future birthday parties and the TV show Friends, <laughs> even though that hasn't been made for 17 years. Um, let's see what you've been saying. Um, who have we got? Courtney. Courtney has been on. Says Alec, I swear, if James Corden ever moves back to the UK, and takes over the Graham Norton show. I do not know what I'm going to do. 
My fear is that Graham Norton ending his UK show and James Corden ending his US show will happen at around the same time. And then people will be like, oh, hello. And that cannot be allowed. This needs to be banned before anyone can even think of letting it happen. Get on change.org, Courtney. Make it happen. Stop James Corden from taking over the Graham Norton show. You're right. That's, that would be a really good fit. And yet, utterly abhorrent. It cannot be allowed to happen. It would be terrible. Um, would that also mean if Graham Norton kind of, you know, leaves TV... James Corden fills his place. Would James Corden then have to do the Eurovision commentary? Because that, I mean, that would ruin it for me. That would really be the last straw. No one does it like Graham. Imagine James Corden. Oh, oh, terrible. I I physically shuddered thinking about that. It cannot be allowed to happen. Graham Norton cannot leave at the same time as James Corden just in case James Corden takes over his show. No, 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 no. Cannot happen. Um, consider it banned as far as I'm concerned but maybe get that petition going Courtney just in case Molly has been on James Corden needs to be preemptively banned from ever hosting like a weekend radio show playing like chilled music think about it in 20 years time do you want to hear him subtly whispering into a microphone and that was Eternal Flame by the Bangles up next this is White Flag by Dido you're listening to Smooth Radio, your relaxing music mix. No, no, you absolutely do not. But where does he go from here? What what can he do if his TV show inevitably gets cancelled? The next step will be a weekend show on Smooth that must be stopped in its tracks right now. Oh, you're right. I mean, I don't really listen to Smooth. It's not really my cup of tea. So if he is tucked away on Smooth at the weekend, I'll survive. He's very hard, though, isn't he? I can hear James Corden on heart, but uh, not not smooth. Um, let's let's stop speaking there, just in case I harm any chances of future employment. George says, "I want a petition for James Corden to be preemptively banned from an unhinged run for political office when he's older. I'm talking like much older, 60 or 70 years old. Trump was tiring enough." I can't even imagine what it would be like if he tried to run for president or even just like a local councillor or something like that. It will be too much ego and misplaced ambition. (laughs) Oh, George, don't joke about these things because they have a tendency to come true. Mm. I mean, he couldn't couldn't become president of America, could he? Because he's not born in America, so that does just leave the UK. Great. So James Corden will somehow become leader of... What what party would James Corden become? Actually, silly question. Lib Dems. He'd obviously become leader of the Lib Dems and try and become prime minister. Or, yeah, I think the highest level of government James Corden could make it to, given his standing with the UK public, is maybe like a, a parish councillor, a Jackie Weaver type figure. Although I feel like Jackie Weaver would be massively insulted to be compared in any way shape or form to James Corden but um, I think that's about as high as he could make it but yeah you're right he is banned from running for public office he has been deemed unfit and that will not be allowed to happen I think you can go to court to get people like banned from running for office you know or like if you have a criminal conviction you're not allowed to either so can we just get him a criminal conviction crimes against TV something like that Uh, Aiden sent a message as well. Quick one from me, Alec. James Corden should be banned from ever getting into a car ever again. <laughs> no further explanation needed, he says. Aiden, well done. You've you've won the text topic. <laughs> Good job, yes. Ban him from all cars. You know what? I'm going to extend it. Cars, buses, motorbikes, trains, trams, light rail systems, hovercrafts, ferries, spaceships, and um, uh, that's that's all the methods of transport I could think of. Actually, oh yeah, aeroplanes. Not allowed in any of them. You're banned from all methods of transport, public and private. Thank you very much. Well, that's good. I think we've all taken some good measures here to protect ourselves from James Corden, just in case. Just in case. So if he does show up um, in any of these places, well, he can't. He's banned. So that's that. Avril Lavigne is back. That's a phrase I didn't expect to be saying on the radio today. Avril Lavigne is back, and she has a new song out. This is Bite Me on Wizard Radio. Oh, yes. That is brilliant. It's like she's never been away. Oh, that's so good. 
Avril Lavigne and Bite Me. Wizard Radio, what a great song. <laughs> it's Alec Feldman, good afternoon. That's going straight on my playlist. Right, how's it going? Saturday afternoon, what's going on coming up? A vintage edition. But first, let's do some science. Um, I read a thing a few weeks ago, I talked about it on the show actually, about how people who own those those smart speaker thingies, you know, the... Um, um, them can't say it will set it off. Um, 75% of them use the words please and thank you some or all of the time when they're talking to them. So they're, they're really polite to these robot things, even though my view is that that's totally unnecessary. They're, they're not real, they're not human. But I had an idea, a sort of a thought, because my name is my name is Alec. Um, it has been for quite some years now, <laughs> and people always get it wrong. I think I'm called Alex, or a couple of times I've had Alid, <laughs> which is really random. Um, and obviously, because I'm used to being called the wrong name all the time, I will answer to pretty much anything if it vaguely sounds like Alec. Um, but what about Alexa? Because oh, sorry, I just said it. <laughs> What about Because um, those things, they do have a tendency to get randomly set off even when you don't want them. And also, you know, it's very human to get people's names wrong sometimes. That's just a thing that happens. But what if you get the name of the machine wrong? Because, you know, there must be some people out there. I bet there are. There are people out there who they have one of these things sitting in the house. Possibly they're a bit older. And they're going, Oi, Alice! Alice, play, play Vera Lynn, and she's not doing anything, and they're like, oh, it's rubbish, it's broken, but it's not broken, they're just calling it by the wrong name. <laughs> so, I'm doing a bit of science. My scientific experiment is this. Will Alexa answer if you call her the wrong name? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to find out, and I gave it a go earlier on. Let's cross over to Alec in the Wizard Radio Science Lab. Thanks, Alec. Hello, and welcome to a highly scientific and important experiment for all of humanity. I'm Alec Feldman, and I would like to find out whether that thing over there, that clever little speaker box in the corner that talks, I'm not going to say a name because that'll set her off, answers when you call her by the wrong name, like a human being would. So... Obviously, because this is a proper experiment, you've got to do a control to make sure it's a fair test. I learned that in my chemistry GCSE. So, for the control, I'm just going to say, Alexa, play Craig David. Shuffling songs by Craig David on Amazon Music. Hey, there we go. See? Oh, <laughs> what a tune. Obviously, uh, it's got to be Craig David that we're doing this experiment with, um, because science. So that's all good. Um, she works. Alexa, shush. <laughs> so that's test number one. Now we see how far we can get from her actual name before she'll she'll do something. So let's let's go with um, Alexa. Play Craig David. Ah, I see. I called Alexa that time, and she still listened. Okay, Alexa, stop. What if I were to call her? Alexia, play Craig David. Ooh, okay. Nothing for Alexia. What about... Alex, play Craig David. Alex, Alex, play Craig David. Okay, no, so that's not happening. Um, Alex, play Craig David. No, she's, she's not responding to that. Uh, Lexi, play Craig David. Not that either. What other names are there that sound vaguely like Alexa? <laughs> oh, now you're listening. Now you're listening. Aren't you? Shut up. Um. Alexa. Play Craig David. <laughs> That's not a name. Um. Okay. So basically, what we've learned is that Alexa. I don't. Nothing. I don't want you. That, that thing will respond to her name and also to Lexa, but not to Alexia, Lexi, or Alexia, or something. <laughs> Whatever the hell I just said. Um, I feel like we have substantially advanced science during the course of this experiment. Now back to Alec in the studio. Thanks, Alec. I'm sure we can all agree 
that our scientific knowledge has been advanced this afternoon and that wasn't just a massive, massive, colossal waste of time. This is Mahalia and AJ Tracy with Roadside Wizard Radio. It's Wizard Radio, you're with Alec Felsman playing Mahalia and AJ Tracy, Roadside. And now, I thought I would treat you to a vintage edition of What's Going On? Welcome to What's Going On. We do this every week at this time. It is a game where you have to work out what's going on. It's pretty self-explanatory, pretty simple. I've got a clip. It's quite a short one today. I think it's very difficult. And I'm going to let you have a listen. And then once you've had a listen, you just need to try and tell me what you think is happening in this clip. Don't have to be right. I'm not necessarily looking for right answers. I'm more just looking for answers that amuse me or entertain me or are vaguely creative in their interpretation of the sounds that you're about to hear. So I'll let you have a listen in a sec. I'll just give out the number as well so that you can have a listen and then put it in your phone and tell me what you think is happening. 07807 183 538. You can email me on station at wizardradio.co.uk or on socials. We are at wizardradio. What do you think is happening in this clip? Now that is the unmistakable sound of water, but that's kind of it, that's all I'm giving you this week. It is quite challenging, so, I mean, there's a lot of scope here to be very imaginative. Quite relaxing, actually. Just, you know, gentle sounds of water, washing over stuff. There's also a few sort of clicky noises, if you heard them in the background. Sound a bit like maybe camera shutters, lots of photos being taken of something that is involving water why are they taking photos of water what on earth could it be what's in the water who are the people taking the photos why so many questions that i would like answered try and work out what is happening in this clip right here A very wet sounding clip. What do you think is happening? Let me know right now. And whilst you have a think, I would like to bring in James Gilmore to get his opinion on the sound we have just heard. Hello. Hello. Welcome along. What's going on? I think I know what's going on. Yeah. Okay, do you remember a few years ago for, I think it was Comic Relief, David Walliams mm-hmm. swam up and down the Thames. Or, no, he swam the channel, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that is the sound of David Walliams. Uh, swimming back from so the other way he's coming back now from Paris through the channel to London so specifically not his charity swim but the swim back in the opposite direction yeah I because that's that's the one that's kind of lesser heard it doesn't sound like there's loads mm. of cameras there but you know somebody from Getty Images or someone just wanted to make sure we've got the moment on camera so that's the microphone's very close that's you can hear his his stroke as he's, you know, his arms are going in and out and he's kicking with his legs. I think you can, um, I think that is David Williams swimming back from um, Paris back to London. I know that's not actually where the, the coasts are. I'm using the wrong cities, but you know what I mean? From France back to England <laughs> on the return journey of his charity swim. A good guess, but will we ever find out the truth? Yes, in about 50 minutes time, that is when you will find out the truth. On the way... A game I'm calling Copping Off, related to COP26 plus tunes from Wolf Alice and Maniskin after your news. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio, Saturdays 3 till 5. Wizard Radio, with Wolf Alice and bros before that Maniskin and Mamma Mia afternoon. It's Alec Feldman. On the way, Gracie and we'll do Post Malone and Julia Wolf. But first, a game. It was COP26 this week in Glasgow, in Scotland, and the world's leaders all gathered to talk about the climate and stuff. And I'm I'm pretty sure, I don't fully understand the details, basically they haven't really agreed anything that dramatic and we're all doomed. That's a lovely thought. Um, just to remind us of the stark position that we're in at this point in time, I thought I'd bring you a game about global carbon emissions. 
I'll be honest, uh, the name of the game did come before the actual concept. The game is called Copping Off. You get it, because COP26. And so in Copping Off, you have to tell me whether a country's carbon emissions per year are higher or lower than the previous country. Playing Copping Off will be James Gilmore, obviously, because you are the test dummy for all of the games. How do you feel about the state of the world's carbon emissions? Um, you know what? I, I tried to, and I know this is a really bad thing to say, I tried to ignore COP26 as much as possible because I it was kind of obvious to me that this was not going to go particularly well. But then last night I was on TikTok and I got this advert. Is there COP26 TikTok? Oh, without a doubt. And I got this advert. This was a paid advert from... It might have been Trinidad and Tobago. The country. I'm pretty sure it was Trinidad and the country. Um, basically saying, hi guys. They do, they, so they're trying to get this dance thing trending on TikTok. Because if it's if the um, temperature rise goes above one and a half degrees, ba- from what they were saying, they're basically underwater. Oh no. So um, it's pretty... Um, dire for them as i think it's for all of us but particularly for them they're really feeling it and um their solution is like look cop 26 isn't basically paying attention so let's get this dance trending and that's when i thought oh god we're doomed <laughs> this is bad <laughs> when we're trying to resolve global global climate change with dances yeah i'm um I- i'm not feeling good oh no well, that's bad news Let's play a game that will hopefully be able to save Trinidad and Tobago called Copping Off. So we will start in the United Kingdom, where you and I both live. I can tell you that in 2018, and this is according to Wikipedia, so I'm pretty sure the data is sound, the UK emitted 347.84 million tonnes of carbon dioxide. But our neighbour and friend and sometimes enemy, frenemy, France. Are they higher or lower than the UK? Um, oh God. That's difficult because on one hand, is France country size? Is France bigger or smaller? It's bigger geographically and I think population as well. Well, okay, so I thought it was smaller. I mean, I did get an A star in my geography level, but you know, what what does that mean? (laughs) They'll be taken off you at this rate. Yeah. But I was going to say, I feel like people in France like quite emission-heavy things. <laughs> right. I, I feel like croissants aren't great for the environment. So, yeah, there we go. Actually, that's a, that's a thing. Apparently, what? at the COP26 conference at the, in the canteen, on all of the food packages, it had, like, the carbon footprint of that product. Yes, I saw this. Yes, and a croissant had which is the food of france obviously Uh, yeah had higher um emissions or carbon footprint than a croissant can't have carbon emissions i guess higher carbon footprint (laughs) than a bacon roll i think so i'm gonna say higher for that very reason that is wild yeah i'm afraid despite you thinking france is an emission heavy country it's actually lower wow by about a hundred million tons a year (laughs) wow okay Look. Well done, France. Well done, France, exactly. What well, out of out of interest, why? I can't answer that question. <laughs> Fine. Thank you very much for following up with the goods. Next round. Um a very small country in a very hot place. I think if global warming gets too bad, then the Dead Sea will just dry up. Is Israel's carbon emissions higher or lower than France? Lower. Yeah, you're right. It's lower by quite a lot. 62 million tons in 2018 for the state of Israel. Yeah, Israel's a tiny, tiny t- country. And also, I feel like because it's quite technologically advanced, in I, I feel like that's what they always say in the tourism adverts. Um, <laughs> I, I, I just felt like maybe... And also, for some reason, because they were quite ahead on the COVID vaccines, that makes me think they might have had lower. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. Uh, next round, North Korea, higher or lower than Israel, carbon emissions? Lower, lower. North Korea is basically a dark country, so yeah, lower. Lower by two-thirds, 21 million tonnes. Yeah, well, most people in North Korea don't have electricity, so unsurprising. Mm. 
What about a country made popular by one of the greatest films ever made, Madagascar? Is that higher or lower than North Korea? Honestly, I was just sat there thinking, where's Moana set? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I know nothing about Madagascar. I mean, I've not even seen the films. What? So... I've seen a bit of the first one. Didn't really rate it. Oh. It wasn't very realistic to me. That'd be silly. Um, Toy Story, however. <laughs> um, Madagascar. Um, I just feel like I don't think you could... I, I don't know how you'd get lower than North Korea from what I've heard, so it must be higher. You thought wrong. It's only 13.49 million tonnes. Wow. King Julian can't burn all that carbon by himself. I guess also, like, North Korea, I don't know if I'm just, like, misreading headlines, but something to do with nuclear weapons or something, maybe? I don't know. So maybe, I don't know. I I mean, nuclear weapons are terrible for the planet, but I think one thing they're not is carbon emitting. Oh, So, you know, you win some, you lose some. uh, Yeah. Next, the Democratic... That's always a good sign. Democratic Republic of Congo, higher or lower than 13 million tons. I knew you were going to go for this. Did you? I just can't believe... As soon as you said democratic, it was either going to be China or Congo, um, (laughs) in my very limited mind and worldview. Yeah. Um, I feel like my whole perspective has changed. It must therefore be lower than Madagascar. No, you've lost it. It's much, much higher. What? Madagascar was 13 million tons. Dr. Congo was 603 million tons. I should trust my gut more. Next up, let's go to Burkina Faso. I feel like Burkina Faso, again, from my limited geographical... But what I do know is obviously very good. It's just not very much. Um, Knowledge. I feel like Burkina Faso must be lower. You are right on that one by a lot. Um, 28.37 million tons. These numbers are wild. I'm pretty sure I'm probably reading the wrong column in the graph, but um, that one is lower, correct. And finally, this is the hardest one yet. The Democratic Republic of China, higher or lower than Burkina Faso carbon emissions? Higher. China's basically got loads of oil and coal, so yeah. I can tell you that the Democratic Republic of China, bear with me, I'm trying to do some maths has carbon emissions that are 345 times bigger than Burkina Faso. It's something like 9,663 million tonnes. So basically a billion tonnes, I think. Is that right? No. No. A lot of tonnes. I think the real takeaway from this segment, Alec, is less so about carbon emissions, but more the importance of paying attention in both maths and geography. You are so right. And that is a valuable lesson to all of us. Mm. Thank you for playing. You go home with nothing but a dying planet. And to celebrate, here's Gracie and Sad Song. It's Wizard Radio. Gracie, Sad Song on Wizard Radio, summing up how we all feel about the climate and our future hopes and dreams. Anyway, I'm Alec Feldman. (laughs) Afternoon. On a more positive note, uh, I'm suing Hinge. That's what we're talking about next. The dating app Hinge. Are you aware of it? There's a few, the big ones, I suppose. Tinder, Grinder, Bumble, and Hinge is, I guess, the fourth one. They've all got their own sort of quirks. Tinder was like the pioneer of just swiping on people based on appearance. Bumble copied that, but with the twist that girls have to start the conversation. Grinder is like both, I think Grinder's like Tinder, but um, specifically for the LGBT plus community, I believe. Uh, and then. Uh, Hinge is like Tinder but classy. I think that's the idea. I've had a look at it and basically the difference between Tinder and Hinge is that Hinge uses a serif font and Tinder uses a sans serif font. Now what does that mean in practice? You know when they have like the little sticky bits sticky like bits of letters that stick out like Times New Roman? That's a serif apparently. So uh, think of Hinge as like the Times and Tinder as like I don't know Metro and then you've kind of got the rough idea. Now, the difference with Hinge is that they say it's the dating app that you're supposed to delete um, because they think you'll meet someone really great on there and they ask you loads of like questions, basically. Like, more than any of the other apps so you can match with people based on, I don't know, whether you've got stuff in common, which is quite a smart idea. But uh, I had an idea last week. My idea was for an app called Blinder, which is, as you suggest, it's like blind dating where you can't see any pictures of anyone. You have to swipe 
based on the sound of their voice and the sound of their voice alone. So if you hear someone speaking and they sound like they've got a really hot voice, then you'll be like, oh, yes, please, I'll have a piece of that. Um, I thought that was a great idea. Perhaps as someone that uses their voice professionally, I would have a slight advantage on there, especially given I'm quite average looking. But that was my idea. And like, once you match with someone, you can't message them or send pictures. You have to voice note them. And the first time you see what they actually look like is when you meet them in person, a bit like on uh, on the voice. That was my idea, Blinder. And I was like, this is a great idea. And I thought it was such a good idea that I put it on Twitter because everybody knows that in 2021, putting something on Twitter is the equivalent of like trademarking it, copywriting it, getting a patent, patent pending, whatever. Put it on Twitter. I was like, just leaving this here in case anyone steals the idea. And it did pretty well as far as my tweets tend to go. And people seem to like it. And then, less than a week later, what do I see popping up on my timeline but a news article from Metro with the headline, Hinge's new voice prompt feature gets mixed response. And already I was like, hang on a minute. What's all this about? And basically, Hinge have added a new feature where you can answer questions using your voice. What? Literally less than a week after I put my idea out there, Hinge magically come up with a new idea, which is suspiciously similar to my idea. Hmm. I'm not having that. I think, and this is a, a bold accusation to make, but I'm going to make it. I think Hinge have stolen my idea. They have. They've nicked it. They've pinched it. They saw my tweet. They're like, oh, that's a great idea. Let's, let's do that. And now you can, like, swipe based on what people's voices sound like. Which I think is, I mean, it's cool. I like the idea, obviously, because I came up with it. And they've stolen it from me. So consider this your warning sign, Hinge. I'm going to sue you. I'm going to sue you so hard. Lawyer the hell up because I'm coming for you. You're going you're gonna to say sorry for stealing my idea and you're going to pay me lots and lots of money for it because I know your tricks. I know what you did and you're not going to get away with it. That was my idea. I have the receipts. I put it on Twitter several days before you announced this feature. So you will lose. I will see you in court. Thank you very much. This is Post Malone in the Weekend. Brand new One Right Now on Wizard Radio. That's new from Post Malone in the Weekend. It's called One Right Now and you're hearing it on Wizard Radio. Good afternoon. My name's Alec and this is what we do. Welcome to my brain. We do this every Saturday between 3 and 5 p.m. Thanks for hanging out with me. So I was gutted this week once again to not be named the sexiest man alive for the 23rd year in a row frankly outrageous uh, deeply deeply offensive um it was some guy called paul rudd i don't know if you've heard of him uh, he doesn't age basically that's that's like his thing so you know fair one i suppose fair enough if he, if he doesn't age i can i can see what that might be sexy to some people <laughs> um anyway yeah paul rudd sexiest man alive according to people magazine which i think is like uh the american version of Hello Magazine, is that right? Maybe. So Paul Rudd, sexiest man alive, well done. Um, which, to be fair, is very well deserved, because if you look at him, look at him how he was in Friends in 2004, and look at him now, he does look exactly the same. It's true, the man doesn't age. He's got just a, a glow about him, and it's very impressive, because he's in Ant-Man these days, and loads of other films, and he's the sexiest man alive. So well done to Paul Rudd, he's on like the cover, They've said, you're a marvel of a man. You're welcome. And he does look pretty sexy, I suppose. So well done. Well done to Paul. I don't think they released the list of like nominations. So I'll just assume I am on there. But got me thinking. If we all accept that Paul Rudd is the sexiest man alive right now, which I suppose he is, that is a bit exclusionary. I'm all about inclusivity. And the trouble with naming someone sexiest man alive I mean, I suppose the whole man bit isn't very inclusive. But also, alive. That's not very inclusive. Sexiest man alive, that doesn't include all of the men who have lived throughout history, including those who were alive before People magazine existed. They never got the chance to be the sexiest man alive because they were were dead by the time People magazine came along. And I want to rectify that today. I want to shout out all the sexy people who aren't around anymore. 
let's let's call it for argument's sake the sexiest man not alive um, and I want to pay some respect in a tasteful way <laughs> oh boy, to uh, the men who are sexy but no longer alive and we can crown one of them the sexiest man not alive you know, it is award season I think at the moment last week we did the shame of Britain award and now we're doing the sexiest man not alive I look forward to next week's show so poor old sexiest man alive who is the sexiest man who's not alive any nominations at Wiz Radio on the Twitter and the Instagram. I am accepting uh, some nominations. I would like to put forward... <sighs> this might be a bit of a controversial one because um, they were both, in their own way, quite brutal dictators who, um, well, quite quite bloody track record. But young Stalin, if you've seen pictures, you'll know what I'm saying. You know what I mean. Um... Mussolini, no, not Mussolini actually. I was going to say Mussolini, but actually I've seen pictures of Mussolini. He was never hot. Young Stalin, some might say pretty tasty. Um, So nominations for the sexiest man not alive are very, very welcome. I'm going to read out a few nominations. I think try and crown a sexiest man not alive in about five minutes time. Uh, Before that, I'll play Joel Corey, new song with Mabel, and I will play you Julia Wolfe. Do you know much about Julia Wolf? I, I didn't before uh, yesterday, actually. And I decided that I was going to rectify that. I was going to do some research and I was going to learn a thing or two about Julia Wolf because it's the least I can do, really. So I did lots of research, took myself to the library, took out every book I could find on uh, Julia Wolf, looked on the internet as well, and wrote down loads of stuff, took loads of notes, and I've compiled those notes into a 60 second guide. So here is my 60-second guide to Julia Wolf. Alex, totally accurate, definitely not made up 60-second guide. Julia Wolf is best known for being the daughter of Mr. Wolf, most famous for his role in the children's game. What's the time, Mr. Wolf? Mr. Wolf created this game as a way of luring children in by pretending to be helping them learn how to tell the time. However, Mr. Wolf would then dramatically turn on the children, declaring it dinner time and then attempting to eat some or all of them there are rumors that mr wolf is actually the same person as the big bad wolf made popular in several fairy tales though this is unverified as his daughter and only heir julia wolf's destiny is that she will one day take over and the game will much like the national anthem change to what's the time mrs wolf however um the future of the entire game is actually quite uncertain julia wolf is a vegan Meaning that when it eventually does get to dinner time, she won't chase the children and try to eat them, but will instead invite them to share some plant-based food with her. And that is Julia Wolf in 60 seconds. Alec Feldman on Wizard Radio. Come and join the fun from a safe distance. It's Wizard Radio on a Saturday afternoon. That was Joel Corey and Mabel, brand new, I wish. And Julia Wolf, Nikes before that. I'm Alec Feldman. Hello, RD coming up, and we will get the answer on our vintage what's going on very, very soon. But first, we have the important business of the sexiest man not alive. Paul Rudd was crowned the sexiest man alive this week. But what about all the men who aren't alive anymore? You know, there's been billions over history. They don't get a look in, and I think that's really unfair. I nominated uh, young Stalin. He kind of lost it as he got older and also was a horrible, brutal dictator. But he's my nominee. For a sexiest man not alive. Um, what about you? Beth has said, I'm going to sound unhinged here. I mean, aren't we all? <laughs> this whole thing is unhinged. <laughs> but I really think that Guy Fawkes was the bad boy of the 1500s. And he's totally my type. He loved hats. And the man loved attention that so many years later, hundreds of years later, we're still talking about him. He was a very successful attention seeker, in my opinion. If Jesse Nelson was about back then, her song would have been about him. <laughs> she likes bad boys for life. That's who she was talking about. Guy Fawkes and his plot to blow up Parliament. <laughs> That's brilliant. But I, I don't know if I've seen any pictures of Guy Fawkes, but you've, I've seen like cartoons of what people think Guy Fawkes look like. I don't know. I don't like his little beard and moustache. I think it looks silly. That's very unsexy to me. I think that ruins the whole Guy Fawkes bad boy illusion. And he did get caught in the end. I mean, you know, that's not good. You want to get away with it, really. But I see where you're coming from. 
the the bad boy of the 1500s guy Fawkes. Yeah, he can he can he can have a nomination for a sexiest man no longer alive. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. I'll, I'll certainly consider him. Ava says, "I'm really not well for saying this, Alec." <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before, but I love it. I'm really not well for saying this. I once saw this drawing of William Shakespeare with this cheeky little smirk on his face, and I'm, I'm not going to lie, it did something for me. The man was clearly very successful, uh, if you don't believe the conspiracy theories, that everything he did was actually other people's work. And, you know, all I will say is that I'd let him write a sonnet about me. <laughs> I'd have a, no problem with that whatsoever. I'm going to stop typing now. This is starting to become weird. <laughs> <laughs> starting this whole thing's weird Ava. Don't, don't worry about it we're all weird here we're weird friends um william shakespeare yeah I, I don't like his hair again was william shakespeare bald because I, I remember they there was an episode of doctor who where the doctor and rose was it yeah they met shake oh no it's dr martha they met shakespeare and i'm pretty sure that underneath shakespeare's hat he had a bit of a bald patch but that might not have been real. That might just have been the Doctor Who version of Shakespeare. I don't know. Um, but you know what? Bald doesn't stop people from being sexy. Look at look at Greg Wallace. Um, or that man. What's he? He's the one that's like really horrible in interviews. What's his name? It was in Friends. Bruce. Bruce Willis. That's the one. I suppose some people would class him as sexy. And he's bald. So, you know. Fair. I won't hold that against old uh, Willie Shakes. Um, yeah, I mean, everybody likes a successful man, don't they? That's quite sexy, the the scent of success. So, yeah, he's definitely a contender for a sexiest man no longer alive. For sure. Uh, Evan says, surely the winner of this has to be Julius Caesar. Have you seen this guy? Alec, I'm straight, but even I can admit, this man was hot. And let's be honest, in 1000 BC, you could only really rely on natural beauty. There were no filters, and this man had it. He's the obvious winner to me. <laughs> um, can I just point out before anyone starts texting me like Alec you got it wrong um, I meant 100 BC I read it wrong I had an extra zero by mistake thank you sorry um, Julius Caesar because he's been preserved in, in statue form hasn't he and they always make him look quite sexy in the statues hmm so yeah yeah definitely you know when he's like stood there with his little toga on. did they wear toga that was the Greeks what did Romans wear do they also wear togas or what, what, whatever, they had, they had little skirts, tunics, that was it, his tunic with his, his like grapes and vine leaves and whatever else Romans wore, yeah, no, Julius Caesar definitely, definitely, yeah, he'll be on there, who, who was Julius Caesar like with, was it, um, it was a pharaoh, oh, uh, the, the Cleopatra, that's the one, uh, they were together, weren't they, they were like the power couple of the the 100s, <laughs> I think. So, yeah, definitely he could be on the front cover of Ye Olde People magazine. And um, Sammy also says, I'm not saying I agree with this, but you have to imagine that Henry VIII had a way with the ladies if he was able to force so many to marry him. Yeah, Sammy, I think the key word there is force. Um, I, I'm not sure how much, like, consent was involved in Henry VIII, and that is not sexy at all. So, no, he's not. Henry VIII, no, not sexy. Uh, and also, I mean, I've seen the pics. He didn't look sexy then either. Um, so Henry VIII is ruled out. But um, young Stalin, Guy Fawkes, William Shakespeare and Julius Caesar still in the running to be the sexiest man not alive and get get their photo on the front cover of Dead People magazine. <laughs> um, I'm, Guy Fawkes, like I said, I don't like his moustache. Shakespeare, I'm convinced, was bald based on an episode of Doctor Who that I half remember. And I feel like I can't really make my own the winner. So I've got to go with Julius Caesar. Evan's suggestion that Julius Caesar should be named the sexiest man no longer alive um, has been accepted. So well done to Evan. Well done to Julius as well. You are officially uh, the sexiest man not alive for 2021. It only took like 2,000 years. But we got there in the end. Well done, Julius. Congratulations, um, your copy of Dead People magazine is available in all good news agents now. Thank you very much. Uh, we're doing a vintage edition of What's Going On Today, and the answer is coming up next. But first, let's play RD. This is Flowers on Wizard Radio. RD on Wizard Radio with Flowers. Say my name. This is Alec Feldman. Afternoon. Miles Mikulski's here very, very soon. After we get the answers on today's vintage edition of What's Going On? 
This is our game where you just try and work out what's happening in a little clip that I played you earlier on. Very straightforward. The clip that you heard sounded a little bit like this. So there's lots of water and lots of snapping, and that's that's all you've got. It's a hard one today. I wanted to make it a bit challenging and see basically what we'd come up with, just throw it at you. And Jamie has an idea. He says the water sound is really clear, but you said the other sound was the camera flashing. I don't think it is. To me, the clicking sound is more like a bullet being shot into water than a camera. My guess is that the video is of people fishing, but instead of fishing traditionally with a fishing rod and bait, <laughs> they're just shooting the fish in the water instead. I guess they'll then scoop up the dead fish using a net or something like that. Man, can you imagine <laughs> going to shoot fish? That's a terrible idea. I don't. I, would that work? Surely the water would just slow down the bullets so that they didn't really hurt the fish at all. I don't know. I don't know the physics of it, but that doesn't sound like it would be particularly successful somehow. <laughs> Great idea, though. Maybe in this country, once like all forms of animal hunting is banned and all these like posh landowners have to resort to shooting fish because that's all they're allowed to hunt. But I mean, it's possible. Um, that is a great suggestion, if somewhat impractical, but I'm afraid to report you're incorrect, Jamie. It's not a person shooting some fish in the water to then scoop them up with a net. But thanks for playing along and getting involved. David says, I think James's guess was actually quite close. James, if you remember, guessed that it was David Walliams on the return leg of his swim of the English Channel. Um, David says, it sounds like someone's swimming. Maybe the microphone's also slightly underwater, which is why the splashing is so clear. But I don't think it's David Walliams or anything like that. I think the clip is of a recording of an Olympic swimmer in an Olympic-sized swimming pool promoting the Tokyo Olympics that are meant to be happening this year but will probably be postponed. An interesting suggestion, just on that quickly. So, Tokyo 2020 might be Tokyo 2021, but what if it's Tokyo 2022? They'll still call it 2020, but what about the Winter Olympics? Anyway, sorry, that's irrelevant, I'm getting distracted. Um, is it an Olympic swimmer in an Olympic-sized swimming pool promoting the Tokyo Olympics, which are now sadly, well, possibly postponed till this year, maybe next year? Um, no, but it, you know, it's sort of swimming. I wouldn't say this this body of water is quite Olympic-sized. It's a bit smaller than that. Quite a lot smaller, actually. Zoe says, I've never heard a jumping... No. <laughs> I'll try that again. Zoe says, I've never heard a dolphin jumping out of water before. But I imagine this is what it sounds like. I think this is a very close-up shot of a dolphin jumping out of water looking lovely and majestic whilst loads of journalists on a boat to get really close up take some photos of it. I don't know what it's for, maybe like a David Attenborough series or something like that. Is it David Attenborough documenting the beauty of dolphins and nature? Um, no, it's not, but just as a little side fact, I saw a tweet earlier on that says that sometimes dolphins just sort of attack sharks and kill them unprovoked. So dolphins are not as, as cool and as fun as you think they are. They're dangerous creatures. Bit of... Bit of um, see advice for you there but no it's not it's not a dolphin jumping out of water um some might say it's it's somewhat similar to a dolphin jumping out of water either in the elegant sense or the it might kill you sense um because it's not it's not that what it is it's a bit of a weird one the clip okay i'll describe it to you it's outside there's like a tiny little cross-shaped pool of water in front of a massive ice-carved crucifix with Jesus on it. Right. The person getting in, it's a person, it's Vladimir Putin, and he's walking into this cross-shaped, like, little bath thing. He's completely topless, he's wearing only some swimming trunks. He submerges himself a few times, does, like, a cross on his body, and then gets back out again. And that's it. That is the clip. It's Putin showing off his abs and going for a little dunk. And I couldn't quite work out what was going on why it's in front of, you know, a massive ice statue of Jesus. But apparently it's an epiphany dip, which is something people do to commemorate the baptism of Jesus. So there you go. Who knew? Right. Our time together is done for this week. Thanks for listening, as always. Back on next week, 3 till 5 Saturday. Be there. 
or be a square podcast available shortly after the show alec feldman the podcast if you've missed anything or want to hear the whole thing again why not weekly mixtape as well friday at three don't forget that i choose all the tunes for an hour that is all the show admin done have a lovely saturday evening miles Wikorski is on the way for you next there goes another episode of alec feldman the podcast wasn't that some great content come back next week for more audio-based fun Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.